0: Namaste. Prayers and meditations. So I think uh, for the moment this will be the last prayer. Prayer of a long series of prayers. Uh, we'll start again when we near Mother's hundred fiftieth anniversary. So this prayer is very interesting. The Mother reveals to us about the supramental way of working, supramental way of seeing, without using the word supermind and supramental. So it's not important. So sometimes see how key searches, keyword searches, can miss something very essential. This is one of those prayers where you can clearly see all about the way uh, someone stationed in the supermind, looks upon life and acts upon life. But the word supermind or supramental is not there. So if you put a keyword, you will not find this. And yet it's all about the supramental vision of things. So uh, the Ishupnishad tells us as a background, and mystic experience tells us that there is the state of division, multiplicity, born after of the separative ego, the divisive ego. We all that's we all are too familiar with it, <laughs> where each is different and each lives for oneself. Equally, mystic experience tells us there is a state of unity. And there are yogis who go into unity, leaving this state of multiplicity. But the Ishupanishad tells us that if living in avidya, multiplicity, is darkness, then living in unity alone is a yet greater darkness. So unity is Sachidananda, and from anywhere one can plunge into it. So what the new thing that Srivendava is bringing? Very often people say, Oh, this see this is our linear thinking. To understand the divine, it's good to have a global way of looking at things. So linear thinking is uh, three lower worlds: matter, life, mind. Then you have the super mind. Then you have Sachidananda. Sachidanand is up in the scale, no? So uh, Sachidananda is a very old realization. Great lot of yogis realize Sachidananda. So they all went through the super mind, if according to our logic. And if they went through the supermind, then why didn't they talk about it? And then what's new about Shrivindo? Well, Sachidananda is everywhere. Mother described it so beautifully that consciousness is like a ladder. So, all this is like a ladder going up to the worlds of um, Ananda, Bliss, Chittapas, Consciousness Force, and Satlok. So, we have Sachidananda, the triune unity at the apex. But divine is everywhere, so Sachidananda is everywhere, in between the gaps in the ladder. So even from the physical, one can leap into Sachidananda. One doesn't have to go all the way. From the world of life, vital world, one can leap into Sachidananda. Through Bhava, emotion, bhakti you can enter into Sachidananda. Bhava Samadhi, through thought, the power of idea, from the mind one can enter into Sachidananda. But that experience doesn't give us the secret then of this world. It is oneness, unity. But then what does this world of multiplicity appear? Chaotic, disorderly, without meaning, without sense. So these mystics to try to explain this world. Said that there is a veil over Satchitananda which was woven by Maya. Maya is real but not in the way it is understood. And therefore there is a sense of multiplicity. Ask the question, who wove the veil? Why was it woven at all? No answer. Don't ask these questions. Come out of this. This As long as you live within the veil, you will see multiplicity. It will bring ignorance, pain, suffering. Come out of this veil into the unity of Sachidananda. That doesn't solve the cosmic riddle. The cosmic riddle can only be solved. See, Ishupanishad hints at it. Sri says it gives the basis of divine life. It says, Vidyancha, vidyancha yastha dvedabhyamsa Ignorance is one mode of working of the one when he hides himself from the pursuit of form. And knowledge is another mode of working of the one when he reveals himself to the form. So that's what is. But there is a junction to deal with multiplicity while living in unity. This is possible only in the Supramental plane of consciousness. Because that's where the oneness enters. Like in a prism, the white light enters. And as it comes out, it becomes sevenfold. So she is describing this experience in this prayer of May 15th, 1914. As on reaching a summit, one discovers a vast horizon. So, O Lord, When one's consciousness is identified with that intermediate domain Now the word intermediate, (laughs) what it means here is very different Intermediate domain between thy unity and the manifested world That intermediate, Shabindu uses the word link principle The intermediate world between the unity of Sachidananda and the lower triple world Is that intermediate domain one participates both in the infinitude and in the realization of the world. It is only when one stations oneself at that junction. Another prayer where she says, man's true domicile is to be at the junction of the X, the quaternary. Again she doesn't use the word supermind, but she <laughs> says the same thing. So here he says, when you establish yourself in that intermediate world, where there is unity on one side and this is the manifested world, on the other then one can participate both in the infinitude infinity of infinite eternal is there at the same time in the realization of the world in the progressive march it is as though one were at a center where the consciousness wholly steeped in the effective power so super mind has two because it is the creatrix creator so it is characterized with uh, by omniscience and omnipotence, and the two are one. What the supermind sees, the will creates. Knowledge and will are not uh, separate, and it is the omnipotence and the omniscience of God. Besides many other things, so first is the uh, thy effective power. This is the power which is uh, invincible, the supramental power wholly steeped in thy effective power could direct the ray of thy forces upon the lowly instrument moving among its brother instruments your own little lowly instrument in matter and all are seen as instruments of the one that's why mother says at one point your body my body all bodies they are all one from that vision then she says yes ok this body is more prepared <laughs> that's her humility this body is more more prepared, my God, given the experiences it is impacted. But she says, Yes, this then she says, how does it matter whether this body realizes the supramental transformation of some other body? So she says that from there one can direct and see what is that vision, that knowledge that comes there. From the height of these transcendent regions, supermind is also transcendent because it transcends the Highest reaches of the mind, oh my, it transcends. So, from the height of these transcendent regions, the unity of physical substance is clearly visible. We, are, we know it intellectually, but you can see it's one substance. It's like you look at the ocean and you see waves emerging. Are the waves different from the ocean? From that point, you'll say, no, no. <laughs> the ocean is the wave. And the wave is the ocean. You see it actually from that. The unity is clearly visible. And yet the body which serves as a particular instrument in the material field seems specifically, seems specially precise and distinct like a stronger point amidst this whole. At once multiple and one in which the forces circulate evenly. Uh, See, it is very interesting. This is exactly what the other day we were speaking about Vishishtadvait. Now, Shorbindo's realization goes much further because uh, this is one way of looking at uh, whole creation and the individual, the creator and the individual. There is a way of looking where you annul the individuality. There is no individuality. But that raises the question then who gets freedom? Who seeks freedom? But individualities are created purposely so that they can, each can embody. An aspect of the divine consciousness and live a divine life. That's how divine life will be created. By its nature, divine life is a um, collective realization. So you simultaneously see that each wave has its own beauty, its joy. When you see a wave, you say, Oh, so lovely. But you don't say, Oh, it exists separately. For bubbles, you can say that, but not for the wave. It exists carrying within itself all the splendor and grandeur of the sea or all its gentle melody of the sea. You will see these different waves, but they are all one with the sea simultaneously. So each wave is unique. At the same time, its uniqueness is not separated from the whole ever. And this is the way to live. It's precise and distinct. This perception has not left me since yesterday. May 15th, he has this clear perception. It has settled in as something definitive. And all the outer activity which apparently continues as usual, has become mechanical like a marvelously articulated and animated toy, moved by the consciousness from the height of its seat, which though no longer individual, is still universal, That is, which is not yet completely merged in thy oneness. That's why she says our goal is not to lose ourselves in the divine perfection, but to realize it, to manifest it. So it experiences the oneness, but doesn't lose itself in that. It simultaneously experiences itself as the universal all. Each individual becoming is part of that universality. It experiences these two simultaneously. And then what one discovers, all the laws of individual manifestation have become clear to me. Each one has his own path, journey and way of progress. And it becomes clear from that point of view. That's why uh, you see sex, how it narrows down? It narrows down by becoming a religion. Religion is about, uh, you know, uh, somebody is realized going in a particular way. Then he says that this is the only thing, this is the best way and that becomes a religion. Then out of religion comes sects. Sects are still limited. Take for example, uh, Buddha is spirit. He did not turn a religion but then religions came. Mahayana, Hinyan. And then out of that religion come still minor ways. Like in Christianity, you will see so many sects. People have this idea that plenty of sects in Christianity. So these sects come up, even in Islam, like sects come up. And these sects become still narrow. A kind of very narrow approach towards that divine. So what happens in these sects? What is the problem with these sects? They want the followers, at least they advise the followers. Where the sects are very hard, they enforce it upon the followers. Otherwise, they want the followers, they expect the followers to believe in a certain way, practice a certain kind of practice through which they will arrive at some point. I remember sharing a platform with some very famous movement in India, uh, they will wear white dress and you know, there is a feeling that by wearing white, I don't know, maybe you grow pure, uh, maybe, uh, who knows, but, but uh, the person was very keen to tell me all about what they, so I knew, but out of goodwill you listen, so after all there is a bindu and there you go, so I said, okay, but so what is the deal about it? <laughs> the person didn't understand the question <laughs> you know, God has made this His father it was, And you have to believe in that And This is the kind of practice you have to do Similarly there are sects where you say You have to concentrate on the eyebrow centre With this particular mantra So what happens to others? This used to be my question I say what happens to others? No, nothing can happen to them They have to come here and then take this mantra from Otherwise they are doomed I say I prefer to be with the doomed. <laughs> I don't want a God who is so partisan and so partial that he picks up a few souls and I ask them that you know what happens to the other souls? No, no, see, other souls are trapped by this actually I was told by Kala. Kala is not time but some dark power. So, but Kala promised to the Lord. Time to time you come and we will release a few I said what kind of Lord and what kind of Kal? Kal seems to be more powerful than the Lord That he has taken a promise And Lord gave a promise it seems Okay I'll come I'll come as a Puna Guru, Puna Sant And you release those whom I'll initiate Have compassion on those who are doomed What about that? So, but sects operate like that You have to believe The moment they go outside it's very confusing if, to them. So narrow belief systems are very convenient for the human mind. But see the beauty of Sanatana Dharma, it never allowed itself to be stuck to one narrow form of practice. But it accommodated every practice into itself. This is exactly how we see Shri yoga. People want one fixed method. So people ask sometimes, what do you do there? So nowadays there is a very good modern phrase. Sai, you said, well, each one does his own thing. (laughs) And you wonder, each one does his own thing means what? Well, yes, each one does his own thing. Some read. Oh, you have to read. Yes, some don't read. Some meditate. Some don't meditate. Some go to the ashram. Some don't go to the ashram. They do other things. Some just go to playground, do two hours of exercise. Oh, that's it. Ah, that's their way. Some just sit quietly. And fight with others. <laughs> That's their way. You can't help me. It's all happening under the big umbrella of the mother. She is taking them along with them. Okay. Rakshasi nature. Asuric nature. I to take that also. So she will tweak through that method. Some are divided. You see you will find all these in Savitri. Some turned against their nature's bent. On one side it described that they like a flower. Gave themselves to her and asked no more. She held their hands, chose for them their paths. Others were divided between wonder and revolt. They would their literally relation with the divine is kabi ha, kabi na. They would say ha, then as the divine draws them closer, na, I am my reservoir of doubts. So, but divine carries everyone because according to the faith of a disciple, he opens the doors. He never abandons anyone. So here she reveals this truth. Why the divine mother and Sharbindo could take everyone, each in a different way. Actually, you see, compare the great ones: Pavitrada, Champaklalaji, Nalnida, Pranabda, leave aside many others. Find the similarities and difference and you'll be flabbergasted. And Champaklalji gives two very interesting accounts. She says, see how the mother would act differently with different people. So he says that um, once, she said, once mother asked uh, Pavitra to do something on the wall. I, yep, I forgot, was it to fix a nail or something? Nails he would normally not, so probably something else. So Pavitra said, okay mother, he stood up on the chair on which... <laughs> Mother had sat and he did it and came back. Champaklal she says, I cannot imagine doing it. But the mother smiled and she would tell Pavitra, you, do you know that tiptoe dance? He says, Yes, mother, show it to me. And he did that tiptoe dance. Both in their own way. And take another example when somebody asked Nalnida, What is the difference between you and Champaklal? Who is Peter? No, who is whom do you label as? So Nalini Dagi gave an interesting reply. He says, "What is the difference?" <laughs> he said, "What is the difference?" <laughs> so at one level, you see variations of approaches, and on the other hand, you see all of them are united around that core of the divine love. So in this yoga, it is not about outwardly what you are doing. But the core is psychically open to the mother. All the rest is, each one evolves and at different stages, different things evolve. As that force cuts through our nature, as the mother's force starts working in different layers of our nature. So this she reveals toward the end. All the laws of individual manifestation have become clear to me. She knew what each one needs. Somebody she would say, Come here, do this work. And people would say, Oh, mother is called so close. He must be somebody very great. And Shobindu said, Don't judge people based on how many hours they are closed. This is an arrangement which has been, uh, which depends on a deeper knowledge. It's not about superficial things. Somebody, she smiled, she spent a little longer looking into somebody's eyes. And someone writes, a disciple, Mother looked so long in somebody's eyes. Ashwabindo, so? He must be a special favourite of the mother. Who told you so? Mother deals with each sadhak according to his need and not according to the human laws. So here comes, all the laws of individual manifestation have become clear to me. But in so synthetical, so global, so simultaneous a way, that it is impossible to express this in our ordinary language. That's why never to make a dogma of what the mother wants, doesn't want. She herself says, people say, Mother wants this, Mother wants that, and they add absurdity. Mother likes this, Mother likes that. In this very, uh, no, I'll just maybe just read that and close with that. Mother likes. And mother dislikes, (laughs) I remember this page, where she says how absurd human beings can be. Because the divine doesn't act according to human notions. To each one he sees the law of fulfillment. And that's how supermind is described. To somebody she would say, live here, do the sadhana in the ashram. To somebody she would say, go outside. And either of which, if we make a rule, then it will become an absurdity. Okay, so we, uh, I think, are zeroing in on this page. It's page, if I remember rightly, page 79. I hope to remember. Yes. Yes. I'll not give the background. But toward the end of this, there is an aphorism in which Shubhinda speaks of hating the sinner. One must not hate the sinner. And all these he gives, but in a different way. Let me read this aphorism. To hate the sinner is the worst sin. For it is hating God. (laughs) This is... (laughs) <laughs> Bhagawan ki krithi hai Divine has not abandoned him. He is saying ki, I work in progress. All of us should put, you know, uh, work in progress. And you know what happens when work is in progress? Put a little barricade, work in progress. So. <laughs> Yet he who commits his glories in his superior virtue. So, she gives an example of somebody who started doing this, or rather it started... Uh, being done towards a sadhika because people observed something about her and they started disliking her. Suddenly they stopped being friendly to her thinking that she is not a good lady. This was the way. And then the mother gives a commentary on that. And she gives first this example. Then all of a sudden, by concurrence of circumstances, we can read it. Take for example a person who has friends, whose friends are very fond of her because they have special capacities in her. Because it's pleasant to be in a company, one can always learn from her. Then all of a sudden, by concurrence of circumstances, this person is shunned by society. Because she has been with another man or because she is living with someone else without being officially married. In short… Because of all these social things, which have no value in themselves. And all her friends, I am not speaking of those who truly loved her, all her acquaintances, all those who received her kindly, who welcomed her and greeted her with a warm smile, when they met her in the street, now turn their heads the other way and walk right past her without a glance. This has happened even here. I do not want to give any details. But anyway, several times, they would say, this person is lost. When such things happen in the world at large, I find it quite natural. But when it happens here, I always get a little shock in the sense that I say to myself, well, well, they haven't gone beyond that. Even people who profess to be broad-minded, to be above all these conventions, fall straight into the trap. Immediately, then to protect their conscience, they say, this what is the reference. Mother does not allow it. Mother does not permit it. Mother does not tolerate it. Adding one more stupidity to all the others. It is very difficult to get out of this state. This is truly self-righteousness. It is an elementary stage. Unless you come out of this state, you are unfit for yoga. So this is where she, that's why we cannot understand the divine guidance. Divine takes each one according to their nature. If you read the synthesis, we will see it. The Divine Mother does not act according to a standard format. Each one she takes according to his or her nature and towards what he or she would become in her universal, vast, divine vision. This is the prayer, how they act because stationed in the super mind, they are not gurus of the ordinary kind giving a mantra. In fact, they are beyond guru. All relations meet in them and beyond. They don't act according to their standard formats. It's not a cult. It's not a sect. It's not a religion. It's not even a teaching. That's why the mother says, it's a mighty action straight from the Supreme. And in each one, the action takes a different form and a different course. May 15th, 1914. As soon as on reaching a summit, one discovers a vast horizon, so, O Lord... When one's consciousness is identified with that intermediate domain between thy unity and the manifested world, one participates both in thy infinitude and in the realization of the world. This is the only way that we can really help the world. At the same time, be deeply rooted in that vast infinite truth of the spirit. It is as though one were at the cent- at a center where the consciousness wholly steeped in the effective power could direct the rays of thy forces upon the lowly instrument moving among its brother instruments. Always the divine acts like this. That's why divine action is so difficult to understand. But with Sri and the Mother, the whole station of consciousness is there. It is as though one were at it is center. From the height of these transcendent regions, the unity of physical substance is clearly visible. This idea of separate, this separate, that that goes away. And yet the body which serves as a particular instrument in the material field seems specially precise and distinct like a stronger point amidst this whole. At once, multiple and one in which the forces circulate evenly. Multiple and one. That's where the supermind is. Mother, in one of her very early talks, words of long ago, she says something very interesting. What is the cause of suffering? We have heard all about ignorance, desire, ego and all that. Mother says it is the imperfection of matter. You take a material body, suffering in some form will come. By the very fact you are identified with material body. That's why the yogis said, come out of this. So it is this and it is everywhere, in everybody. That's why we, by the very fact of assuming a material body, we take in all these problems. And therefore they know the complete solution. This perception has not left me since yesterday. It has settled in as something definitive and all the outer activity which apparently continues as usual has become mechanical like a marvelously articulated and animated toy moved by the consciousness from the height of its seat which though no longer individual is still universal. That is which is not yet completely merged in thy oneness. So what has to be done is done spontaneously without thought so when she was using the word toy, and she would act, which sometimes it would appear as what is the logic behind it. Stories where mother asks somebody to go away, and the person apparently said, But it's not my fault, mother has not even heard my side of the story. And mother said, You should go away. The person went to Dalnita, he said, If mother is saying go away, it means it is a grace. She is not punishing you, that's your conception. She knows what is best for you. And after 15 years, the person says, I now realize that it was the biggest grace of my life. So all these formats and formulas fall away. So it acts with this perception. This perception has not left me since yesterday. It has settled in as something definitive. And all the outer activity which apparently continues as usual has become mechanical like a marvelously articulated and animated toy moved by the consciousness from the height of its seat. What is that height of its seat? Which, though no longer individual, is still universal. That is, which is not yet completely merged in thy oneness. All the laws of individual manifestation have become clear to me but in so synthetical, so global, so simultaneous a way that it is impossible to express this in our ordinary language.